Welcome back to Talking Tampa. My name is Dean Diaconis, real estate agent out here in Tampa Bay, and we got some big news that I wanted to cover. Fannie Mae just implemented a new 5% down for two to four unit loan program for multifamily properties. This is huge news in the mortgage world. I think it's really going to make a big impact for buyers. Another piece of big news I want to cover is Redfin leaves the National Association of Realtors. What will be the domino effect with that? How will other agencies, brokerages follow suit with that? And then I'm sure you're seeing all over the place these compensation lawsuits everywhere from Remax, Realogy, who knows who's next that's going to be getting these lawsuits filed and I want to cover what exactly it is because to be honest with you I don't even know the details about what is going on all I know is it's a it's a lawsuit regarding commissions and compensation and how it's structured etc so let's jump into it let's go with the news on Fannie Mae to allow 5% down two to four unit home loans so here we go this is according to this is mortgage.com. This is a surprising reversal of the years-long policy requiring 12, 15 to 25% down for duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes. It will be a major benefit to those looking to purchase a multifamily home to live in. Anyone in the market to live in a home while collecting rent and building landlord experience should take action to secure this new option as soon as it becomes available. Fannie Mae made an official announcement on October 4th that it will drastically reduce multifamily home down payment requirements. Fannie Mae is known for offering down payments as little as 3 to 5%, but that only applies to one-unit properties. And the reason I think that this is going to be big, big news is because I've had a lot of clients, and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are looking to get into the rental property avenue to become a landlord. Even if they're, they're relatively new buyers, they still like to become a landlord. And the fact that they didn't have much down payment restricted them to getting to that point because as an investment property you need to be putting a little bit more down but now if you're going to be living in the property as little as five percent down that's huge that's huge coming from coming from someone who sees this every single day if you're a buyer and you're you're trying to get a side income and you're trying to purchase a property for yourself to live in Let's say you're, you're paying rent, you're a renter at the moment, and you're looking to buy a property. Now, all of a sudden, you see this news, and you're like, wait a minute, I can have renters paying my mortgage? You completely eliminate the fact that you need to pay a rent, you need to pay a mortgage, you're going to have people paying your mortgage. I think it's huge. I think it's going to make a, 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 a gigantic splash in the market, and I think the opportunities to to own duplex, triplex, etc., are going to dwindle down because they're going to get snatched up immediately when this becomes available. And they were saying, I was reading that it was going to become available in November. I think November 8th, I want to say. I'm looking through it here. Uh, November 18th, starting the weekend after November 18th, Fannie Mae will start allowing 5% down payments for owner-occupied two, three, and four-unit homes incredible opportunity it's it's just it's it's a it's a game changer so if you are looking to purchase a property and you're looking to become an investor you can knock both of those out with one shot here take advantage of it while it's there who knows what rules may change in the future but this is this is big and i hope if you if you are the first to know about this if you're hearing it directly from this source let me know. Let's get this started because, it, like I said, the opportunities are going to 
they're going to go away quick. People are going to snatch this up as soon as it becomes available, as soon as it becomes widespread. So that's that big news with that. That's, that's a bombshell. Let's go on to the other bombshell. Redfin, this is according to the New York Times, Redfin, the online real estate broker, leaves a powerful realtor group, the National Association of Realtors. Now, this, is, this brings a lot of questions to me because where are they going? How does this work? How, do they still have access to the MLS? Or do, are they going to start their own search, uh, real estate search engine? How is this going to work? So let's jump into this together because I, honestly, I don't know too much about it either. So this is a, the first time doing some research into it. The brokers said it would require many of its brokers and real estate agents to cancel their memberships with the National Association of Realtors prompted by allegations of sexual harassment within the group. Here, Redfin is cutting ties with the National Association of Realtors one month after the New York Times published an article detailing a years-long pattern of allegations of sexual harassment, discrimination, and retribution that the organization did not address. I'm curious as to what those allegations are. So let's continue here. The online brokerage based in Seattle said it was not yet able to fully extricate itself from the National Association of Realtors Group, known as NAR, because of the group's influence in the industry. But Redfin announced on Monday that, effective immediately, it will require many of its 1,800 brokers and real estate agents to cancel their memberships and cease paying dues, which often amount to hundreds of dollars per year for each member. So how does it work? Can you still sell real estate? I mean, I'm sure you can still sell real estate. You're working with Redfin, but how? I'm, I'm curious, what are the details on this? So let's see if they get into it here. National Association of Realtors is a powerful nonprofit with 1.5 million members, making it the largest professional organization in the United States. It has more than $1 billion in assets and, in many home markets in the United States, controls access to the databases of home listings that agents rely on to buy and sell homes. They're talking about the MLS as well as lockboxes and industry standard contracts. So, yeah, how do you even show a home? Because you got the lockboxes connected, you know, the, the Supra Century lock lockboxes connected to the MLS. And if you don't put your your uh, real estate ID number into this the system, the software, however that works, you can't get access to the home. So how does how are they going to do this? They got to create a whole different avenue here. This is going to be a whole different branch. Here, let's continue. The organization also owns the trademark to the word realtor. Interesting. I didn't know that. The National Association of Realtors owns the trademark to the word realtor. Trademark pending. Hopefully, hopefully I'm not violating any standards. Continuing on, making a real estate agent's ability to call themselves a realtor and to buy and sell homes contingent upon the payment of membership dues in much of the country. So you can't call yourself a realtor anymore if you work for Redfin. So what are what are you? What is the label? What are you going to be called? I'm going to just throw an idea. Hear me out. Okay. Not a realtor. You are a professional door opener. P-D-O. You are a P-D-O. Continuing on, even before the sexual harassment allegations against the organization came to light, NAR faced rumblings of discontent within the industry. The organization is currently the subject of multiple lawsuits that claim its policies violate antitrust laws and inflate the fees that home sellers must pay to their buyer's agents. Glenn Kelman, Redfin's chief executive, 
said he had been frustrated with NAR's refusal to consider changes to its policies on broker compensation for quite some time. In June, Redfin's leadership team determined that Joe Rath, Redfin's head of industry relations, would resign from, from NAR's board of directors. Redfin qualified for a seat on the 900-person board in 2022 based on its size and the scope of its influence. Uh, Mantel Williams, a spokesman, spokesman for NAR, said in an emailed statement that the organization respected Redfin's decision, but he insisted that NAR's policy on agent compensation, as well as its requirements that many agents pay dues to access home listings databases, were considered the best value in the world. NAR stands by its pro-consumer, pro-competitive guidance for affiliated local broker marketplaces that ensure equity, efficiency, transparency, and market-driven pricing options for home buyers and sellers. He declined to comment on the allegations of sexual harassment and their influence on Redfin's decision. By that, saying he declined to comment on the allegations of sexual harassment and their influence on Redfin's decision, says that the allegations of sexual harassment and their influence on Redfin's decisions is a big reason why this is happening. And I think that they might be pushing that under the rug and trying to uh, highlight whatever else is going on. I think that this this sexual harassment incident, whatever it may be, or multiple incidents, is a larger part of the story that's not being told. I don't know. This is just speculation on my part. So let's continue. And NAR's grip on the housing industry is such that not all Redfin agents can be asked to cut ties just yet, and many major USAs, including Houston, Las Vegas, Nashville, Phoenix, NAR, so thoroughly controls access to listing databases that without it, Redfin explained in a small email, it's impossible to be an agent. So let me get this straight, okay? You're an agent, you're working for Redfin, all of a sudden Redfin decides to drop this news and say that if you're an agent, you can't sell houses, homes, sorry, what do you do? Like, what, what, what do you do? do you, it's putting you in a corner. I mean, you you got you to gotta still feed your family, pay your bills, and now they're telling you you can't. So does this mean that there's going to be an exodus of agents leaving Redfin? Because there is currently no plan in place. How does this work? How Can, you, can Redfin agents only sell property to other Redfin agents? Do you, is there a different search database for Redfin itself? I don't know. I don't know. This is a... This is all new territory. So here, let's continue. Still, Redfin operates in more than 100 housing markets in the United States, and more than 52 million people per month use it to search and view home listings, according to its recent financial report. In many markets, including Seattle, Boston, and New York City, Redfin agents will no longer pay dues to NAR, a move that will amount to a loss of about $1 million annually for NAR. That's not that's not a big amount. Uh, they're making it seem a lot more drastic than it actually is. It's just a million dollars. They're just losing a million dollars in fees, whatever. But where are these agents going to go? They're going to have to go somewhere to make money. From what I'm reading, from what it sounds like to me, is that they are relying on their own search engine, the Redfin.com, to buy and sell properties, and that's it. If if you're outside of the spectrum, you can't buy or sell property. On Redfin, I don't know how does how does this this doesn't make any sense to me. When Redfin joined NAR in 2017, Mr. Kellerman said that he had hoped Redfin could influence the group's policies from within, but we began to feel that we couldn't. Um, here, there are so many progressive forces within NAR who are yearning to make a stronger pro-consumer stance. 
For the life of us, we can't understand why NAR is so beholden to a few members. In August, the Times published an article in which multiple women accused the organization's former president, Kenny Parcel, of harassment and sexually inappropriate conduct. Mr. Parcel resigned 48 hours later. Staffers within the organization and industry leaders outside of it continue to call for greater reform. More than 29 employees and former leaders interviewed by the Times described the pattern of silencing whistleblowers at NAR, a pattern that is supported by a lawsuit and internal memo obtained by the Times. Shortly after the Times published a report, Jason Haber, a real estate agent with Compass, launched the NAR Accountability Project, calling for an overhaul of the organization's executive leadership. He also created a petition demanding the immediate resignation of Bob Goldberg, NAR's chief executive, which currently has more than 800 signatures. When the harassment issues came to light, that's when it came to another level. So this, this sexual harassment allegation definitely has something to do with it. Unclear as to what. But I guess the story is to be continued because this is the most recent uh, news article that I can find. So very interesting development. Oh, here's let's look into what else is going on. Here, this is a link to the sexual harassment claims. President of Powerful Realtors Group. Um, well then, I'm gonna have to find a different different way to get to this article because it just became restricted. Interesting. So okay, let's let's put that on pause, I guess, unfortunately, because I was getting into that and I'm looking forward to getting into it a little more and digging a little deeper. So let's like take a little detour into the compensation lawsuit and what it exactly it is, because I don't know. All I all I see is different brokerages dishing out a lot of money for lawsuits. So let's go into a little bit about what it is and what exactly is going on here. NAR, real estate compensation lawsuits far from over. And this is directly from the NAR website, nar.realtor.com. So the association says it will continue to defend pro-competitive, pro-consumer, local MLS broker marketplaces after one co-defendant settles. The National Association of Realtors says it will continue arguing its case against two class action lawsuits challenging real estate compensation structures even after one of NAR's co-defendants reportedly agreed to a proposed settlement. So let's let's skip all this and see exactly what what this is. The lawsuit claims that NAR NAR rules violate antitrust laws and inflate the fees paid to buyers agents by requiring a listing agent to compensate a buyers agent for listing a property on the MLS. NAR argues that the lawsuits misrepresent association rules as anti-competitive. The rules direct listing brokers to determine in consultation with their clients the amount of compensation offered to a buyer's agent in connection with their MLS listings. Further, NAR says buyer's agents are free to negotiate compensation with the listing broker that is different from what appears on the MLS. Neither NAR nor the MLS has any say in setting broker commissions, which is true. This is, this is true. It's, it's a, it's an agreement between, well, first of all, it's an agreement with the, the seller's agent and the seller what what the compensation will be and who will get what, at least here in the state of Florida. I'm not sure how it is elsewhere, but when you sign a listing agreement, you have to break it down exactly who who's getting paid what. So if it's 5%, 6%, maybe it's 2.5% one side, 2.5% the other side, or 3% on one side, 3% on the other side, and whatever your agreement is with the seller, that's how the commissions are 
broken up. So I guess what they're saying here is that um, is that it's not. Uh, to be honest, I don't even know what they're saying. Then I argues that the lawsuits m misrepresent association rules as anti-competitive. The rules direct listing brokers to determine in consultation with their clients the amount of compensation offered to a buyer's agent in connection with their MLS listings. The U.S. model of independent local broker marketplaces is widely considered the best value and most efficient model in the world with no hidden or extra costs and with more complete verified information compared to other countries. We look forward to arguing our case in court. So that's the extent of that article. And I don't know what to draw from that. I don't know what, what is being paid out to whom and why. It doesn't make any sense to me. Let's see. Let's go into the, the most recent one from what I've seen, which is this article is from September 20th from the Realtor, the NAR website again. REMAX settles claims and compensation lawsuits. So let's see why REMAX paid out $55 million dollars. The brokerage reportedly will pay $55 million and implement changes to its business practices as a part of the settlement. A second defendant in the two class action lawsuits challenging the compensation fees reported has reached a settlement with the plaintiffs. Remax, one of several large brokerages named in the suits known as Sitzer, Burnett, and Moral cases, agreed to pay $55 million to resolve all claims against the company. The news comes two weeks after another defendant, Anywhere Real Estate, formerly known as Realogy, Realogy Holdings Corp. settled for $83.5 million. The National Association of Realtors, also named in the lawsuit, has said it plans to continue arguing its case for pro-consumer, pro-competitive MLS broker marketplaces, which enable listing brokers and their clients to determine the amount of compensation offered to a buyer's agent in connection with MLS listings. Remax has denied the allegation against it, but told media outlets that the company agreed to settle in order to remove uncertainty from the ongoing lawsuits. Under the proposed settlement, which still requires court approval, Remax says it will also commit to changes to its business practices. So, hold on. So what they're saying is, is that they're denying allegations, but they're changing their business practices. All right, that seems like a little bit of a conflict, but all right, whatever you say, let's continue. Anywhere the parent company of Coldwell Banker, this is a company, Anywhere, comma, the parent company of Coldwell Banker, comma, Century 21, Sotheby's International Realty, and Corcoran also agreed to changes in its business practices. So what, what they're saying is, is that they're not doing anything wrong, they're denying any of the allegations, but they're changing their business practices. I don't know. Let's let's look into this. What what exactly are they changing? NAR said in a statement that it is not dissuaded from from its argument. Settlement is a, always an option for any party in litigation. The recent settlements do not change how the case is presented to the court or NAR's commitment to defend ourselves. We are confident we'll prevail in providing the lawfulness of the rules under attack. Pro-competitive, pro-consumer, local MLS broker marketplaces ensure equity, efficiency, transparency, and market-driven prices pricing options for home buyers and sellers. The practice of the listing broker paying the buyer's broker's compensation saves the seller's time and money by having so many buyer brokers participating in that local marketplace and thus creates a larger pool of buyers for sellers. Okay, For buyers, these marketplaces save them the burden of extra costs at closing, enable them to receive professional representation and make homeownership possible for more people. I like this structure, but I don't know any other structure, so let's see what else is going on here. The lawsuit claims that, uh, here we go, this is, the, this is 
the reason or the what exactly is going on. The lawsuit claims that NAR rules violate antitrust laws and inflate the fees paid to buyer's agents by requiring a listing agent to compensate a buyer's agent for listing a property in the MLS. NAR argues that the lawsuit misrepresent association rules as anti-competitive. The rules direct listing brokers to determine in consultation with their clients the amount of compensation offered to a buyer's agent in connection with their MLS findings. Further, NAR says buyer's agents are free to negotiate compensation with the listing broker that is different from what appears in the MLS. Neither NAR nor the MLS has any say in setting broker commissions. Okay, so I don't understand. NAR encourages members to use buyer representation agreements, which should be clear, understandable, and done in writing. It is imperative for realtors to continue explaining that commissions are set between brokers and their clients and reminding consumers of all the ways realtors help them navigate the legal community and financial aspects of buying and selling a home. This is what NAR said in a statement. In fact, the U.S. model of independent local broker marketplaces is widely considered the best value and most efficient model in the world with no hidden or extra costs and with more com complete verified information compared to other countries. We look forward to arguing our case in court. I agree with that. I, I, everything is disclosed. I think, I think what the, the issue here is that they're saying that the sellers shouldn't be paying a, broker, a buying broker commission. But essentially, when you make the agreement with your, with your agent, if you're the seller, you're making an agreement with the agent, you're going through the commission structure and it's not, in my opinion, it's not going to change anything. It's, it's going to be exactly the same. The money is, in the end, the money is going towards the, the purchase and selling of a property, whether it comes from the buyer, which it does when they're paying for a property, they are paying the seller, which the seller is paying the commission and it's being split. It's, to me, it's the same thing, but maybe it's just the way that it's being verbalized and uh, describe to the client that it, they make they may feel like it's unfair. It's I don't think it's going to change anything with the with the value of properties. What I do think that it's going to it's going to make a huge effect with the the amount of real estate agents because now let's say that it, let's say that this all goes through and everything comes to fruition with what they want to do and they get rid of the buying broker compensation and only the listing broker gets the commission. Okay, and then you gotta you gotta negotiate with the agent to represent you as the buyer's agent. First of all, I can tell you straight up that nobody's wanna, gonna want to do that. They're gonna want to call the listing agent direct straight from Zillow. Okay, and so what that means is they're gonna go right there. It's not gonna make a difference. They're gonna go straight to the source. That's gonna weed out a lot of real estate agents because a lot of real estate agents specialize in buyers. They specialize in this. They know the areas. They know. Uh, contract writing, negotiation, they know all this stuff, but it's going to weed out all those very skilled agents. Buyer's agents, they are necessary. If you're not working with an agent and you're trying to navigate this real estate market, you're, you're going, I'm not going to say you're going to lose because maybe you are very educated in the market, but I'm going to say 95% of the time, there's value that can be gotten from your relationship with your buyer's agent and that's going to be lost that's going to be lost and while people are thinking that they're saving money because they're eliminating the buyer side commission and all the all the commission is going directly to the agent that's not going to be the case that's not going to be the case because there are things that you don't know you may be doing your nine to five every single day you're working you're doing your thing and you're an expert in your field 
But being a real estate agent, a professional real estate agent in the market and knowing what's going on and knowing all the data, knowing the locations and knowing the areas and what to look for and how to structure a contract, how to negotiate, you're an expert, you're a professional. You don't have that representation. You're going into it blind and you're going into it against an agent who has the listing, who knows what they're doing, who is representing their client. They want the best for their client. They're going to get the most money possible from their from the buyer for their client. This is what they're hired to do. And I just think that it's 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 not going to be an easy market to to buy properties. You got to be very very uh, um, educated. And a lot of people think that they're educated in this field, but they're not. And they're going to say, "Hey, I could save a couple dollars." by not having representation from a real estate agent and I want to buy this property, I'm calling the, the listing agent. Okay, call the listing agent. Great. Now what? I want to make an offer, Mr. Listing Agent. All right, great. Hey, listen, listen, buyer, listen. I currently have multiple offers on the table. In this situation where they're telling that they have multiple offers on the table, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Okay, and I see this a lot. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But if they do, you don't know where those offers are. You don't know where those multiple offers are that are on the table. Maybe they're really crappy offers and they got multiple crappy offers and they're telling you they got multiple offers and you end up being like, is it above asking? You, you ask the seller's agent, is it above asking? The seller agent says, it may, it may be, I can't disclose that. My seller, I'm, I'm not able to disclose that information. So back to the buyer, the buyer thinking, well, it sounds like it's over asking. Let's make an over asking offer. Make the over asking offer. You make it. Okay. Seller's agent says, you're close. You're close. All right, we'll throw an extra 5,000 in. Okay. Okay. And then you can finalize that contract, signed, executed contract, move on to inspections. You get your inspection done. Inspector gives you the, the inspection report. You look at this report and let me tell you, inspection reports are not simple. They're gigantic. And there's a lot of stuff that are, that's not important. There are a few important things to look out for, but a lot of the things are cosmetic and just stuff to put in the contract because that's what the home inspector does. It's a very thorough report and they want you to know everything about the home. So you go, you're like shocked. Look at all this stuff. You tell them, yeah, I want all this stuff fixed. Stellar's agent says, no, there's multiple offers on the table. We're not doing anything. When in reality, there's sure there may be multiple offers, but nothing that was good. And you're going to look at your inspection report and you're going to say, okay, all right, you know what? We still want it. We'll do it all ourselves. But you're missing some of the important things that a, a professional in the field would have been able to look at and be like, you can't fix this yourself. You're putting yourself in a hole, but you don't know that you're, you're doing things all on your own. You're thinking that you can be Mr. Handyman and fix it all yourself when you can't and when you can't, and you are overpaying for the property. You're going to have to hire somebody to do that work, to fix that stuff. And you're going to be going out of pocket. It's just, it's going to be a new fee, a new, new environment in real estate. It's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes up. It could be good, could be bad, who knows? But I, I do think that it's going to weed out a lot of, a lot of real estate agents. It's going to put a lot of the good buyers agents out of work, or at least trying to search for listings, trying to go into listings and get business that way. I don't know. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Personally, I, I think that what we have should stay. And I, I think that what, you're, what the commission structure is, and I know it may seem like a lot that, you're, that the fees are 5%, 6% on 
five six hundred thousand dollar property does seem like a lot of money but when it's not being when that service is not being utilized it's gonna cost a lot more a lot more than that two and a half to three percent to recover from that for example would you hire well, say you got you got your taxes, okay, and your your taxes are complicated. They're very they're complicated. You're, you're just gonna be like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on to uh, what do you call it? The, the one of those online things where you just do it yourself. You throw it on yourself, and you just say, okay, best of luck, enter, done. Or would you go to a professional, an accountant, who will get it done for you and find things that that they can do that help you save on taxes? Would you do that, or are you just gonna suck it up and do it yourself because you want to save a couple dollars? Let me tell you, you're not saving a couple dollars. You may be saving a couple couple dollars on the front end, but on the back end, you're hurting yourself. Always go into into especially a real estate transaction represented. Always, always, always. I've if you've ever done work on your home, okay, and you're searching for someone cheap to do the job, you find someone cheap to do the job, or actually you get multiple multiple quotes, okay? You get from a, high, a highly referred five star with 500 reviews on Google. Um, handyman or whatever, a contractor, and he comes in, he says it's going to be $5,000. And you're like, ooh, 5000 is a lot. You bring somebody else in who you found off of um, Angie's List or something, and they got like three reviews. You bring them in. He says, hey, I could, I could get this all done for $1,000. You're like, hey, yeah, as long as you get it done, $1,000 is fine. If you've ever experienced that, what is the outcome? Think about it. What is the outcome? Is it ever good? Have you ever found somebody cheap that does it the right way? Or do you always have to go and hire somebody again after you paid these people to do the job to get it done right? If you've, if you've experienced that, I hope you've learned your lesson. And just pay the amount that needs to be paid in order to get the job done the right way. It saves you time, saves you money, and you're happy in the end. You build a good relationship, a good referral. You could refer that person out. You know, it's, it's, it's just good. It's good for business. Well, hiring cheap has its consequences. There's a reason why it's cheap. Remember that always. There's a reason why things are cheap and there's a reason why things are expensive, especially in the service industry. If things are, if, if there's a service that is expensive, there's a reason why it's expensive because it's, it's good and it's proven to be good over and over and over again, especially if it's been referred to you and has reviews and you've done your research, you know who it is, you know what they're working with, you know the product, that the service that they're bringing is quality. So with that being said, I think we've covered everything. And yeah, that's pretty much everything. So I hope you uh, enjoyed this and got something from it. If you have any questions about anything, I do do real estate out here in Tampa Bay and I can help you with buying or selling or whatever you may need. Feel free to contact me, send me a message, email, text, I'll be happy to help you. I'll talk to you later, guys. You have a great day.